You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Overnerds Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Overwatch League-related. I am just merely one of your hosts, Brock, and the other half of me is Maradon, hanging out, living the dream. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good. Pretty good. Tired as hell this week. I don't know what the heck's wrong with me, but ready for some Overwatch this weekend. Same here. There is something in, you know, the water, uh... Fatigue is hitting so hard, mostly because you're just sitting around looking at the same screen all day. You can't even yeah. go out and get coffee. Well, I mean, you can, but it's uh, a million times harder now. Yeah. But that's all right, because Overwatch is in full swing now online, and we've had some amazing matches, and we've had plenty of three Overwatch for the second week in a row. And plenty of just nutty Chinese Overwatch shenanigans i think that's a good word for it <laughs> shenanigans is the perfect word for it <laughs> but we got a we got a fully stacked episode for y'all today we got uh, a bevy of overwatch news and happenings we got last week's games which were for the most part pretty good uh look at the scores again a lot of three one three o's so <laughs> some surprising ones in there exactly the the, yeah. the winners were the fun ones yeah. Uh, next week games, I'm uh, I'm excited for them. Uh, they also look good once again. We're gonna rifle through our power rankings, and then we got some overthoughts. So we we are we're in it for the long haul this episode, huh? Yeah, yeah. There is a lot of stuff <laughs> um, on the docket, so let's uh, let's jump right into it. Um, and the first thing that uh, we wanted to talk about tonight was. Uh, Last week when we said that the Titans would probably more than likely make their announcement of their roster on Thursday and they wouldn't do it on Friday and wouldn't know they did it on Friday. <laughs> so the Titans uh, announced their new roster. It's kind of a ragtag group of contenders players. Um, I believe most of them were from Second Wind, but there's a few others scattered in there. Um, they signed uh, Dalton, Suna, KSA, Shredlock, Karkar, and Rolf. So Rolf and Karkar on support, KSA and Shredlock on tank, Dalton and Suna on DPS. Um, we're going to go over their game that they played their first game against the, the Justice, but uh, there's definitely some standouts here. Um, I I personally liked uh, Dalton, KSA, Shredlock, and Karkar. I thought they all looked, they all stood out to me. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think this support line is actually very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karkar, a uh, Funi product, a Philadelphia Fusion University yeah, product. The old FU. Yeah, the classic FU. Uh, looked pretty good. Uh, looked very much owl ready. Uh, I would say Rolf also looks pretty good, except for his second game, which we'll get into, uh, where he uh, happily caught about every pulse bomb from Yaki. <laughs> 
but hey, it happens sometimes. You get you know a little nervous on your first game or rather second game. It's also but Yaki too. It's also Yaki. So hey, <laughs> what, what can you do? Yeah. But yeah, Rolf and Dalton, Gladiator Legion products. Uh, not f- not unfamiliar with the people that they're playing now since they actually had played in the gauntlet against a lot of the rookies in the league currently. Mm-hmm. So super exciting to see this team. It could definitely be a lot worse, and I'm excited to see them, as we were talking about right before the recording, kind of play more comps where they can be a team, you mm-hmm. know, instead of just trying to patch things together, honestly, on, I think, three scrims. I, I think the word was they had three or four scrims right before this weekend's matches, and <laughs> uh, if you've ever tried to play a sport or even tried to play a uh, uh, like a gold six-stack, and you had like one game beforehand, you know how hectic it gets when you start playing those second games. So with little practice, they looked, uh, I don't want to say truly competitive, but they had a lot of great moments of uh, individual team fights. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually a lot they can build off of. Definitely. No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this team. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about them again a little bit more. Um, in last week's games and in the hype for this week's uh, this week's game because they are playing at least one of the teams that they're playing um, is kind of a bottom tier team so maybe a little bit more of a fair match. Uh, jumping into the the next bit of news, there were um, a crap ton of there was a retirement, there was there were two people leaving, there was a signing. Um, so the first one was Corey retiring. This actually happened, I think, the day after we recorded last week, or maybe it was on Friday, um, and jumped right over to Valorant on Twitch. He's just like, "I right, peace him out." That was a uh, um, that sh- that that shocked me a little bit. I I didn't think Corey was gonna peace out, but maybe I didn't see the writing on the wall. Yeah, uh, I had heard mumblings about this i didn't actually believe them because i figured Corey was pretty much the face of that franchise yeah as well as uh, a budding star in owl so he kind of had at least in my interpretation of his standing in the league was he kind of had a lot of upside to sticking around to overwatch mm-hmm. so with the switch to valorant it's kind of shocking considering it, there's no league, and I know that's the, the number one like thing people will say whenever you hear the news like this, is, oh, there's no league, it's just in beta, how do they know it's going to succeed? It's Riot, they're going to make it work. Yeah. Don't even, don't worry about the actual league part, like, Riot has the way of doing things, you see the LCS and the LEC, and how amazing those, are been, those have been mm-hmm. for the past 10 years, so th- there, there's, there's going to be a league, but yeah. mostly it's just Corey leaving puts them in such a strange spot because it's Stratus and Tuba for that. I mean, for the one weekend, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> double double flex. We haven't really seen that since season one, so it it, it was a uh, absolute shock. It shook the the Overwatch world, honestly. Yeah, uh, a lot of people were pretty surprised, understandably, mm-hmm. considering his status. I was but. pretty pretty disappointed because uh, I know they they have been struggling this year, um, but I always found Corey to be a bit of a a thorn in the side of the fusion, and he kind of makes things as competitive as they can be um, for the justice when they go up against the fusion. Now that kind of just goes away, and it's just like okay, 
we're kind of left with like a shell of a team. And uh, especially after the next bit of news uh, that Stratus was leaving after this weekend, he was leaving the team. He's going to be a content creator still for the for the Washington Justice, but uh, he will not be playing in the league anymore, which is like, okay. Now they have to sign a DPS player. I don't think as of this recording they've done that yet. Unless I'm on drugs. <laughs> well, I would imagine they have indeed signed one. Yeah. And then kind of we're doing pedantic things where it's like, oh, they have one, but they haven't announced it yet. Har yeah. har. So th- it will probably be um, announced pro- as recording, recording on a little Wednesday. It'll probably be announced Friday because that's what we're doing now in Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're just announcing things like hours in advance so mm-hmm. hey uh we will find out some new and exciting stuff on friday hopefully yeah yeah he looked pretty good in his last game stratus did he did he looked yeah. like he had a fire under his uh under his seat and it and if it showed they i mean they played vancouver but it definitely looked like he kind of had that passion again mm-hmm. he mentioned it in his farewell speech he lost it since he missed homestand so much yeah and that and that's kind of heartbreaking mm-hmm. hearing someone that was so energetic and so lively say, you know what, it just wasn't, it just wasn't the same. That's what uh, Funny Astro brought that up too when I was able to to talk to him a little bit, um, and we we're like, so how's how's uh, how's the games about the homestand? He's just like, it doesn't really feel like anything special. It feels good to win, but there's nothing special there. So that really must kind of, you know, suck for the players to not have that hype behind their win. It's just like, yay, we just won a game on ladder. It's probably what it felt, feels like. I mean, Especially they, against some, some some lower teams as well. Yeah, yeah. And they do get paid for it, which is nice. But <laughs> and moving on to your boys. They made some splashes, too. They made two. Uh, they signed Punk from, uh, I believe he played for Sydney Drop Bears. Yeah, so he was powerhouse. <laughs> yeah, contenders league. So he had he had played for uh, UA Uprising Academy for a couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Went back over to Sydney Drop Bears, came back to UA, and and actually uh, as of last year he was orgless. So he was honestly the most freest of free agents who was just sitting sitting around in Australia waiting to get the call. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be playing from Australia? No, he is currently in the team house. Oh, okay, awesome, awesome. Yep, that, that helps because I know that. Uh, Fielders playing from South Korea or wherever. Although it doesn't look like it's phasing him for the uh, for the Paris Eternal, but I mean that's still a variable you don't want to throw in the mix. That's cool though. Um, and with him uh, on off tank, uh, Brucen actually announced his his retirement. Had a very brief stint in Overwatch League. He didn't play very long. He did not, unfortunately, and uh, sadly, his introduction to the Overwatch League was one. Uh, built out of controversy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when the starter gets removed from the team due to personal conduct, it's unfortunate that he is then thrust into the starting position mm-hmm. without really much practice with the main team. But the two other weeks that he had played, he had looked okay to not great mm-hmm. level, and that could only be attributed to so many different things. So. Uh, best of luck to him going forward, but yeah. it's, uh, it's Punk's time to step up. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how they do with the, with the new signing. Um, a little bit of news that came out actually today of this recording, like Brock said, we're recording on Wednesday, the uh, May 13th. Uh, Mangachu actually just, uh, decided to join the Defiant coaching staff. 
I, I'm honestly like a little disappointed in a way because I always thought that Mangachu was one of these players that was going to get a lot of playtime just because his name was always in the mix since like competitive Overwatch began and if I felt like he never got his chance he was with what NYXL Academy or the XL2 team for like a season or two and I'm just like when's this guy gonna get called up like obviously he wasn't gonna get caught up on NYXL their team's just too ridiculous but yeah, he finally did get some playtime last year with the Defiant, and uh, he hasn't gotten any playtime so far because they're just so, like, <laughs> DPS talent heavy. So I guess he's like, all right, cool, well, I'll do the next best thing. I'll, I'll, I'll actually get more involved and, play, uh, and be on the coaching staff. So that's cool that he's not leaving the organization, but I'm kind of disappointed that, like, his playtime in Overwatch League really didn't uh, pan out for him. Yeah, uh, an unfortunate know turn of events but uh excited for him to reach that next step i know a lot of players could feel like they need to just step away from the game or you know they, they're just tired of seeing overwatch so it's exciting to see him stick around in the scene and move to that coaching role that a lot of players might we, we rather i should say we might see more players doing that i know a bunch of them before the season had done that so it's exciting to see that transition from just being a bench boy into a uh a coaching role mm-hmm. definitely um and the last thing that we wanted to touch on we just wanted to touch on this real quick that there were actually some teams uh some teams going around in the, in the rumor mill thinking about signing titans players but the thing that kind of sucks about the situation of the of the titans who were released is they're all still in korea um so logistically that doesn't make sense for most teams other than the ones playing over in that region because with the covid situation it's not going to be easy to uh get them over here although fielder is managing i don't know how with 200 ping but it's logistically a problem right now and that really sucks for those players that you know we're dealing with the mismanagement of of the vancouver titans Yep, and that is just unfortunate. I was going to say it'd be like that sometimes, but it really yeah. don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is such a new and strange occurrence of, rather, a uh, a combination of the worst things possible. Mm-hmm. You know, your team gets gutted, your management wants nothing to do with you, and now the global pandemic. Yeah. So you can't even really go to other places that may pay you more, but at least you get to stay at home and try to play with these new teams slash better teams, uh, depending on who you get signed. Like, if you get if you join the NYXL, good, you did it. You hopped on a good team. You signed Shengdu. Ooh, all right. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> it's going to be rough. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I mean, it, it does really suck because I feel like all of these players deserve a team because they, they all have, you know, incredible talent. Obviously, like last year, they made it to the finals. I mean, Bumper was there and Tizzy was there as well. So, I mean, they are a bit of a new-look Titans team, but, I mean, they were they had Fissure, who, you know, is Fissure. He's really good. So, like, they, they had some promise there, um, but then this whole mismanagement thing and whatever other things happening behind the scenes that, you know, we don't know about happened, and now they're kind of SOL over there in Korea. So hopefully they get signed by a team. Uh, all right. Uh, enough Overwatch League news news. Let's jump into last week's games. Alrighty then. 
the, to start us off at 4 a.m. bright and early <laughs> was a very predictable Shanghai Dragons versus Seoul Dynasty. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Dynasty win 3-2. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the hell this region is. I really don't. It's just... It, 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 I don't know. I'm like, I'm lost <laughs> for words. Like, this division bothers the living hell out of me. And it's because you don't know what you're going to... Like, now, we were saying... We've been saying this. You don't know what you're going to get week in, week out. And every time we, we say that, we bring up the Chengdu Hunters, the, the uh, Guangzhou uh, Charge, and the Hangzhou Spark. And we never really include the Shanghai Dragons in there. You never really include the NYXL in there. You have some curveballs with Seoul and some things with London that they're not, like, the greatest team in the world. Like, never with the Dragons, never with the NYXL. And we'll, we'll go over the NYXL match here in a bit. But, like, holy crap. I thought this was going to be, like, from the from the showing that the Shanghai Dragons put on against the Seoul Dynasty that first game, I was like, all right, this is probably going to be another 3-0. And it was not. <laughs> Just when you thought you had a read on everything. Yeah. The Seoul Dynasty say, nah. Yeah. Let me meet, let me show you my good friend Fitz and uh, his Hanzo play. Yeah. Let me walk you to the Pacific East Division. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, like what? Well, I don't know. It's tough, right? Like the whole Pacific Division just kind of puts you through a loop of, all right, is it is this team really good or is it just a hero pool week, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this it seems weird considering. This should have been a, pretty much Shanghai's, you know, not an easy game because, like, you're still facing its profit, fits, gesture, and, like, oh, yeah. Marvel, right? Like, like the Soul Dynasty is not a rollover team. It just so happened that they had been boomed from whatever reason and looked really, really bad the past couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah, that roster's stacked, but, yeah, they haven't been playing that great lately. And it just seems like Shanghai didn't, do anything truly different or you know they 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 just missed on the the really important fights and soul came back and and soul ended up kind of if you call it an upset Mm -hmm. i mean the way that they've been playing yeah i'd call it an upset (laughs) because i mean i had (laughs) shanghai dragons at one last week i believe i mean so I, I wouldn't have thought the Shanghai Dragons would have dropped a game against Seoul like that. Now, I could see some maybe like some close games. Maybe this flip-flopped just because of the sheer talent on the Dynasty. And maybe that, that stomping that the Dragons did was a bit of an anomaly. But like I still see the Dragons winning here against the Dynasty. and uh, The Dynasty were like, you know what? People like Meridon think that we suck, so let's show this jackass. <laughs> honestly they're very much hey we heard you talking yeah. trash <laughs> we will not stand for this yeah, yeah. we're beating shanghai, we're and, beating shanghai. And, middle and fingers like, up <laughs> oh goodness yeah thank you tiger nation yes following that matchup was yeah. the shangdu hunters versus the london spitfire yeah. your secondary boys or yeah. maybe even tertiary boys at this point i feel like they're kind of falling Falling away from favor as they get 3-0'd by yeah. the uh, bright and uh, bright new London Spitfire coming off their break. Yeah, I uh, I did catch a, a bit of this game. Um, I happened to wake up at the butt crack of dawn on Saturday for some reason. 
and maybe that's why I'm always I've been tired all week. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I just never got that sleep. Just back. never got that sleep back. Uh, but I did catch, uh, I believe, two of the maps here, um, and the Chengdu hunters look like crap, <laughs> and the London Spitfire just kind of played cleanup. And I don't think the London Spitfire looked bad at all. They they they, they played all right. It was nice to kind of see them back on the stage too, since you know we haven't really witnessed the London Spitfire in in a while. And what actually seems like ages, mm -hmm. uh, that is mainly because they had flown over to the Cloud9 base in Korea to play. But this game was exciting. We got to see a couple new faces, too. We got to see Aldo. Yes, Aldo. Making his, yeah. uh, his uh, debut. Oh, my God. I couldn't think of the word for a second. <laughs> and uh, he looked good. Yeah, he did. He did. He, he looked quite impressive, actually. Mm -hmm. And and honestly, uh, the game was so quick. There's really not much to break down with it. Yeah. Like I, like again, one of those things where these teams are just so night and day. And it wasn't even because of realistically mm -hmm. uh, the hero pools. It was just Chengdu looked just strictly worse. Yeah, the Chengdu Hunters are definitely panning out to be, of those three Chinese expansion teams, the weakest. Unfortunately, it pains me to say that, but they have proven that they are consistently not great. Although, they'll go and they'll beat the charge, and they'll beat the... the, the those three teams will go back and forth and beat the crap out of each other. Um, but it seems like that really hasn't happened in a while for the Hunters. They're kind of, they kind of been on a pretty... Uh, pretty crappy losing streak so they're they're showing us that they're of the three expansion teams from last year they're definitely kind of bottom of the barrel for them you know what they're not quite bottom of the barrel of the whole league because yeah. they have triple the wins of boston so <laughs> don't don't get your heads down under fans you are legitimately three times better than the boston uprising yeah. <laughs> A little bit of self self loathing in there. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but I do know there's a fun game coming up now. It's the Guangzhou Charge versus New York Excelsior. Yeah. And just as again, everyone expected, the Charge win three to one. Yep. What the hell? Well, uh, yep, no need to discuss that. Keep going forward. Uh, oh, this was just bought. I New York, I think, tried to do something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we saw some more Who Are You, if, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And nothing really worked. No, nothing really worked for New York. And everything was just going the charge way. The, the, the charge just looked, kind of like you said earlier, they just looked solid. And, uh, yeah. and uh, the New York looked un-New York-like. Yeah, the charge, um, we were saying before the podcast, are definitely like the standout of, of those um of those three expansion teams and and uh maybe they're finally just starting to, to grab some consistency here because uh, a win against the NYXL uh, the NYXL is a good win because the NYXL are always, at least in the regular season, really talented and good. Um so seeing them win three to one, um, and just kind of holding t New York to kinda of like the unknown like not knowing how to answer the charge that that's definitely impressive narrow is really growing on me the more i watch that team he is incredibly talented yeah. at may and it's kind of like saying someone's good at arisa it's really tough to say that without 
you know, making a sl- like a slight smile. Mm-hmm. But it's really true. It, it, when you're a, a distinctively good May player, like Nero is, mm-hmm. it, it makes a, a world's difference. I love and his um, his Pharaoh too. He still pulls it, that it, out. It, his Pharaoh's really, really good. He played an amazing Echo. Yeah. When uh, they played Soul, mm-hmm. he he like easily outdueled Prophet. So this charge game can do a lot if they just they when when they can settle down and win the important games. Mm-hmm. They're they're gonna continue to win a lot of games of Overwatch and. Again, much like last year, just sneakily fit into the playoffs and then maybe, you know, make a deep run. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But that's a world's away, it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're going to get into some tournament play here soon with, with the May tournament, so we'll actually see how the pressure... Uh, how the pressure kind of uh, feels to that team. How they, how they experience it and conquer it. So that should be interesting. Time will certainly tell. Yep. But fast forward a couple more hours. We got the Paris Eternal versus the LA Gladiators. Yeah. The Eternal with Mr. Fielder on 200 ping win 3-1. Yeah, this was a bigger scoreline than Fuck. I expected. I thought this was going to be a lot closer, but Paris Eternal looked really good. Gladiators looked all right, but Paris Eternal just kind of... I don't know why I say dominated them, but they, they just easily looked way better than the Glads did. I don't know. They look really, really solid. Mm-hmm. And it does... It, it, it tells wonders about the coaching staff of that Paris Eternal team. Yeah. Considering they don't have their star player that they signed first off, Sparkle. He's still not 18 yet. I'm pretty sure it's the end of this month. Mm-hmm. So it's still a couple, it's a couple more weeks. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and, and it's wilder to think that a lot of the analysts before the season were saying this team was trying to just survive until right now, right? Yeah. Let alone thrive. And that's exactly what Paris, Paris has done. Uh, Nico, in particular, has had an amazing redemption arc from last year mm-hmm. where he was kind of bench for a while, then he hopped in for some goats and didn't look that great. Uh, end of the season, Paris looked horrible. Yeah. But now he's shown that he can play really any flex role right now and to an owl level and surprisingly enough that's actually very difficult to do yeah uh, especially after watching some of these teams really struggle uh like washington and boston to find that flex player that has a wide range of good heroes not just a few pocket picks and they've also went through a little bit of adversity with losing xy not like soon is kind of like a uh, an Overwatch League veteran, a uh, a kind of a, a a legend among the 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 competitive Overwatch scene. He's been there since the beginning. Um, but Exe was just flat out better than Soon, and probably and still is. But Soon has been jumping in there, um, albeit sometimes a little um, inconsistent at times. Um, but um, he uh, he has been looking pretty pretty good lately. And. He will come out clutch when he needs to. Uh, if, if we look back to that Philly game, and I'm sorry to bring it back up, but when Paris beat Philly in that mm-hmm. uh, 3-2 match, that was all Soon and Exe making huge plays at the end of the game. So Oh, yeah. yeah. Soon still got it. Oh, yeah. And when Soon's on Tracer, it is a pleasure to watch. It is some good overwatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, he was a uh, thorn in their side that game, too. It was so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, any good tracers like that. Yeah, yeah. 
on the gladiator side, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of, that was kind of just a fluke for them to look less than, you know, great. They just look I, 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 Yeah, I, it happens. I, I feel like that might be attributed to online play. Maybe they didn't like the meta. Maybe they didn't like whatever. You know, they, maybe they couldn't just beat soon in those tracer battles. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. You, you can make a lot of excuses, but the fact of the matter is they didn't look that great. Mm-hmm. And they have to, I mean, well, they get the, the bye week playing Boston this week, but... The old bye week. <laughs> uh, easy enough. But enough about this game. This game doesn't matter in the context, because we have the match of the week. It was the Stratus final send-off game versus the brand-new second-win Vancouver Titans. Yeah. And the Justice hold on 3-1. to one. Yeah, the 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 storyline here was that Stratus had a really good game to kind of send off his his career playing with the Washington Justice. Um, I thought he looked pretty great in that match. Um, I also liked some of the um, some of the play from the Titans, like I was saying earlier. Um, KSA, Shredlock, Carcar, uh, and Dalton were the ones that really stood out. Um, Suna looked a little, um, a little shaky, but like we were saying before the, the episode today, uh, before the recording that he was playing Sombra on a team that was newly formed. So it's kind of hard to play at a hero that requires a crap ton of coordination on a team that just kind of started playing and scrimming in an Overwatch League level. But, uh, yeah, um, it was interesting to me. I made sure to catch this match because I wanted to see what this Titans team was going to do against another like a team that's struggling in the Justice. So the real question is, how much stock do we put into the Justice winning this match? And does that compare to the amount of stock of Vancouver taking a map off of the Justice? Yeah. I, I feel like the Titans wouldn't have won a match against the Justice. I don't know. I don't... I mean... There's, I, I mainly think that's just because we haven't really seen much of from them yet. <laughs> Obviously, like this was our, this was their first match in the Overwatch League as a team, like with uh, with this new roster. So going in, my 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 stonks were all on ju- Justice here because you're talking about the cream of the crop Overwatch League players against a team that definitely looks like they're already in some aspects, but just a ragtag group that got thrown together last minute so the preparation just wasn't probably there (laughs) yeah i would say that's probably their biggest downfall currently just uh the whirlwind that the titans had to get to to get to this game Mm -hmm. honestly it definitely hurt them yeah so with a week of settling down getting focused in getting the right scrim time getting the right practice time in i i'm expecting the titans uh to uh I wouldn't say exponentially, but vastly improve on their opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're probably grinding pretty hard for this weekend. But no one's grinding harder than the Atlanta Rain as they take down the Houston Outlaws 3-0. There, there wasn't really much to discuss about this one. Baby Bay looked good. Um, I guess that's enough to discuss. Baby Bay yeah. played. The, t- the, the Rain looked like the Rain. Uh, the Outlaws um, look like the Outlaws. I don't know. Like The Outlaws have been actually not looking too bad lately, but um, against a strong Atlanta Rain team that 
I think belongs high in most people's power rankings. I, yeah, I, this this looks like a, a uh, this looks like a three Overwatch, but um, yeah, Lana Rain are scary. They're scary when they didn't even play Hawk. They played uh, FRD. They oh, tied of the match. Yeah. They didn't even play Erster. They just played Baby Bay and Edison the whole match. Mm-hmm. So Atlanta's doing something like the Shock did, where they're just kind of throwing people in, getting some play time, see how they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it was just still not close. Yeah. A little bit of that the, roster flex. Honestly, because uh, on the other side, Houston played Hydration on Arissa. And uh, I don't know how how much better hydration actually is than Muma on Orisa, mm-hmm. but if the team thinks hydration's in, uh, rather he had a better week than Muma, hey, more power to them. Yeah, that's interesting. And then moving on to the last game, the late night game was the Valiant versus the Boston Uprising. And uh, the Valiant have won all rights to the color blue and yellow until the next time <laughs> Forgot about these that. two play. <laughs> <laughs> so what's Boston changing their colors to? Uh, like maybe a hot just... pink and fluorescent green mixture? Oh, that'd be interesting. <laughs> I don't even know how that... I don't even know how that would look. Maybe we'll do, we'll do like a, a green bee yeah. pink outline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll send this over to Huck and crew and see what they say. Yeah. But He's uh, poor uprising team, man. Yeah. Uh, Bruce's last match, so Punk will come in here. Maybe you get a full week of scrims with with Punk as your guys off tank. Maybe he'll make a bit of a splash more than Bruce did. That's really the hope, considering Bruce I think ate only one ultimate, so he only really negated one alt in its entirety of his time on Boston. Mm-hmm. And while that's kind of nitpicky to really say slash like add as an analysis to a player mm-hmm. look at like mcgravy he, he ate a ton of ults even against boston mm-hmm. i think he ate about two or three right you know fury obviously he, he like holds the record for the lead for the most ultimates negated it it's these it's the plays that uh make it the difference they kind of set you apart from essentially just being a ladder tank mm-hmm. it is really having that game sense of all right i know they're about to push me i know they're about to tracer bomb me uh let me find her and just put dm over my support line and it's simple as that and i think that may have been lost in communication for boston but hey who, who really knows what's going on with that team yeah be, being able to negate those ultimates is something that's extremely important kind of like hard to hit but extremely important and if you can make a splash by doing that then your team's obviously excelling Poco and Fury have been doing really well with that. Look how the fusion have been doing. So, if you're on a, if you're on something like Diva and you're not getting that kind of value, like consistently getting that value, I'd say because it's not like it's easy to do that. But I mean that that definitely makes the difference. And if you're not capitalizing on those, or or, or lacking maybe the um, situational awareness to do it, then you're gonna struggle. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna sidetrack us just for a little bit. There's legit breaking news. Ooh. <laughs> uh, the Overwatch League has announced uh, 2020 roster construction updates. So, uh, flashback to the preseason, there was a few rules the Overwatch League instated to make sure that there was plenty of players on a team. Uh, one of those rules included having an eight-player minimum, 
according to today's, this moment, new update, the roster size will now be required to have a minimum of seven under contract at all times. Uh-oh. And <laughs> what that means is that Boston remains to be okay as their seventh player, Axiom, is still under contract just in Korea due to medical reasons. Uh, another fun one is there is now 14-day contracts, and I'm going to call this one the Korean Stratus Rule, <laughs> as the Justice currently have five members of their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, this rule is, uh, states that in cases where a team is at real risk of having fewer than six players available to compete, the league office will permit teams to sign players to contracts with a 40-day term. <laughs> now, typically, this wouldn't happen. This is very much a contenders thing. We call them ringers in contenders. Nah, <laughs> having ringers in owl is something wild. Yeah. And I'm excited to see who the Justice pick up for this weekend because <laughs> they are absolutely on a 14-day contract because there's no other reason why they would put this <laughs> put this announcement out. Oh, yeah. The other one, the player location one, that might be something to do with the Titans falling out. Uh, absolutely. Too. Uh, I'm just kind of I'm just reading this one out aloud to our listeners. Teams may choose to have players located in other regions compete in online matches, with the understanding that those players will be competing at higher latency. Teams will continue to compete on servers in their designated region of online play. And I'm gonna call this one the fielder rule. <laughs> the old fielder rule. <laughs> Considering he's doing just that, they they can't change the server fielders playing on. Because he's on the Eternal and they're playing on the NA servers. Wowzers, I'm actually pretty surprised that they put something out. Because apparently Fielder playing on the, on the other side of the world was apparently uh, against the rules. Ah, okay. Previously, I guess. Yeah. I actually really don't know. Yeah, they might not have had like a... maybe Maybe this was more of like a clarification or something like that. Or them saying... Hey, yeah, we know that he's on 200 ping and it sucks, but it's okay. Kind of thing, because they weren't, I mean, they weren't really. I mean, they legitimately didn't have. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, they did not have a flexible considering Gray had retired. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Man, so this is uh, pretty wild. Honestly, already I'm I'm peaking, totally diverting from our our regular scheduled broadcast to Twitter. (laughs) Uh, about everybody above gold is saying who needs a 14-day contract. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, L- I'm LFT for 14 days. Incredible. Thank you, Overwatch. This is actually amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm looking right now, and there's just a gif of some guy pulling his glasses down a little bit. It says Boston coming in uh, after seeing the 14-day contract part, and he just looks very <laughs> uh, excited, this guy in this gif. <laughs> Oh no! Talking Boston some only throwing some Boston shade. only exists to have fourteen day contracts. Whole teams now moved to a fourteen day contract. Oh my gosh! Oh, Boston is doomed. All right, I just realized we're 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 we're, uh, we're taking our sweet time with this episode, so I gotta keep. I'll try to keep the pace up a little quicker here. Um, moving into Sunday, Hangzhou versus Shanghai. Uh, Shanghai three zero spark. And that's pretty much the whole discussion. Yeah. We're back to normal. Shocker there. <laughs> yeah. Kind of come in, came in thinking that the Shanghai Dragons were going to wipe the floor of the Spark because the Spark have been looking extremely inconsistent like a lot of the other Chinese teams. So, no surprise there. 
Yeah, and I'm really happy Shang I was able to actually clean up uh, a poor team, kind of like the the, the Spark. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, following that match, we got the London Spitfire versus the Charge, yeah. and. The Spitfire tried. They tried to go 2-0 coming back, but the charge said no, and the Guangzhou team will win 3-1. to one. Yeah. They are really shaping up to be one of the front runners there. It's exciting I to re- see. I, yeah. I really like this team. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely growing on me more and more each week. But no one, no one will outdo your OG boys as they oh, take shit. down another another team, another rising team, actually. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia 3-1s the Dallas Fuel. Yeah, and this was a pretty pretty hard-fought 3-1, especially in the beginning. Um, the Busan map was won by the skin of their teeth. Uh, the Fusion won that by the skin of their teeth. And then the Dallas Fuel won the next next game pretty, pretty handedly. Um, and then the Fusion kind of started running away. It was the Carpe and Hisu uh, show, which was, uh, was definitely nice to see. Um, and uh, uh, Sato was able to play on Winston since it was like dive week so that was also really nice to see that uh, actually made me rest pretty easy I'm like yeah this is hard fought but Sato's on his bread and butter and he's been looking good all season on his Reinhardt that he needed a lot of practice on which it seems like he got so we got this and they did yeah you got there and, and you got Fury back him up on Diva yeah. I can't imagine a better dive buddy he, than Fury oh yes 100%. Yeah, the tank line was disgusting this week. The match following the Philly Fusion match was the Shock versus the Defiant. And what a game this actually ended up being. This ended up being way more competitive than I thought it would be. The Shock take this one 3-1, to one, but the Defiant were in there for a while. Yeah, I, I really think that the, sh- the Shock are a good team, but I don't really feel like they're as good good as people think somebody the other day in chips's stream said fusion versus shock i want to see it and of course chips is a cheeky mofo so he just laughed (laughs) and i kind of i'm kind of with him like the shock really like they they look great they have the talent i don't feel like they're as good as everyone thinks they are and they kind of let the defiant like make a competitive match against them where really the shock should have the way the defiant have been playing wiping the defiant with like on the floor um but that wasn't the case i don't know the shock without goats is no longer the boogeyman we really thought they were yeah they're still really good i still have them high on my power rankings but i don't think they're as much of a powerhouse as everyone thinks they are and i am in absolute agreement the fact that a defiant team with a brand new main support crews came in and took a map off them and then barely lost that King's Row map. Uh, San Fran was saved by a beautiful moth boop. Boop. The old boop. The bill boop for three. And San Francisco ended up taking that map. But Defiant, they're doing that thing again where they're like, oh, don't worry about us. We're we're just like, all right, but we're going to be suddenly be good. And I know for a fact, in two weeks, the Defiant will be one of the worst teams again. <laughs> they will fall right back down. Yeah. And maybe that's just because they're the most meta-dependent team in the league. Yeah. But they're still sitting comfy at, like, 15th or something. So keep an eye out for Toronto. Whether they're actually going to be good or not, that's the real question. Yeah. Crazy DPS-heavy team. 
with so many talented DPS, and that's about it. <laughs> that's just about yeah. it. And to finish off our weekend, of course it's got to be that brand new Titan team facing off against the Florida Mayhem. The Mayhem continue their dominance yeah. three weeks in a row, 3 0 their opponents. Yeah, they, I mean, they're playing this new Titans team, so it's understandable if they they get the win, but um, they've been looking, they've been looking pretty good. Um, we'll see how they start playing when they start going up against teams a little bit further up. No offense to your boys. Or the, t- or the Titans. Um, they have played Boston twice and the Vancouver Titans and proved that they're definitely not the Mayhem team of the past two years. They have a game this weekend against another struggling team. So I, I, I want to see... What's going to be nice is seeing the Mayhem in this May tournament. Yes. That would be interesting because now they'll go up... They'll start going up against teams that are in on their level or on the upper echelon of the, of the, the league standings. And then yeah. and really we'll see if they're actually able to compete. Mm-hmm. And I think they will. I, I really think BQB has made that gigantic leap yeah. from, you know, essentially year one to year two that you really want to see from your uh, main hit scan. Mm-hmm. And they've been playing a lot more together too. So you're building that chemistry more and more with, with this team. Um, the, I, I got to see the Mayhem play uh, uh, once because I didn't make the second day of the, the Fusion homestand. Um, and they they didn't look great. Um, they didn't look horrendous like the Outlaws did at the start. So you can kind of see some promise there, which was nice. But now they're finally coming into their own. They're getting comfortable. They're taking care of some business that, that you know they have every right to take care of business on. So it will see come uh, the May tournament to see uh, how they... Uh, how they pan out because they'll definitely make the May tournament. There's no question. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Whether they get the correct seed or not, that's the real question. Mm-hmm. They may end up getting like the number two or three seed, mm-hmm. and then get rolled by somebody they just hadn't played yet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, let's jump into next week's games. Uh, we'll go over these fairly quick-ish um, since we're running a little little late on time. That 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 content-heavy Overwatch League news. They're just like. All the players are all retiring and getting signed and leaving all in one week and a brand new roster, so it's just like so much to talk about. <laughs> what, are you trying to make us have a two-hour episode? Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's um, so next week's games start off with the Soul Dynasty versus the Chengdu Hunters. That's a GG3 Overwatch to the Soul Dynasty, and if it isn't, I, I don't, I'm going to jump out of the second-story window of my house. He's going to go break your legs. Yeah. Well, not, well I hope you have crutches because you know for a fact... <laughs> Shangdu three ones this team. <laughs> there is no doubt in my mind. They pull out the trump card in four zero the uh, dynasty. <laughs> yeah, I, I see the, the I see the dynasty here all the way. Uh, as much as I'd love to see the hunters beat them, but yeah, can't see that happening. But it's Pacific East Overwatch, so so anything's possible. So all your dreams could come true, yeah. or it's an absolute nightmare. Yep. Uh, the next game is the Shanghai Dragons versus the London Spitfire. Um, pick the Dragons for this. We'll see. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that there's no question here, but I don't know. Watch London pull something weird. Yeah, I also think Shanghai just wins this one. Yeah. Uh, London has looked fine coming off of their long break. Yeah. 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Shui or Aldo plays, or I guess all Babel, Babel's still on that team, I forgot. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Shanghai's deep DPS bench is a little better. Yeah, definitely. They have Flana. <laughs> That's always the always answer. Always the they meta. Have <laughs> um, the uh, last Chinese game um, is uh, for, for Saturday is the NYXL versus the Spark. Um, I can't see the spark doing what the charge did last week. I gotta go NYXL here. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, the the spark just look awful. Yeah, they don't look great. That's for sure. <laughs> and the NYXL are just the NYXL. They're always f- typically competitive. Yep. Um, so starting off the NA games, we have a possible winnable game for the Titans um, against the Houston Outlaws. I have the Outlaws winning this, but um seeing maybe a 3-2 Titans I wouldn't be surprised especially after like a full week of scrimming and kind of building that chemistry Absolutely I I know right I I want to lean towards Houston mm-hmm. considering they just have been playing together they should have that synergy down and their talent isn't really that bad it's not really that you know like lower than a lot of other owl players, mm-hmm. it's just that they've just inherently just looked worse because they just haven't really found their on like without really saying it too meanly. There's like they still just haven't found their groove, right? Yeah. Like they looked really good when they played Sombra Doomfist, but that's kind of easily beaten, and and pe- teams kind of figure that out. So now Houston's got to try to play around that concept of where they're like all right we're kind of like a one trick team so how do we fix this right it's kind of like the shengdu problem where when they're not playing like genji ball far a dive right like when they're not playing that comp they just look really really bad so houston's kind of in that problem too where all right we're gonna have you know hydration play our arisa uh, mecha we need you to kind of hard carry on sigma while everyone else kind of just exists around our tank line mm-hmm. so there's that going on for Houston, yeah. and there's just the Titans that are just brand new, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I I'm leaning towards Houston just to be able to beat them out of sure veterancy, mm-hmm. you know, they're just being the older team. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I would not expect, or I wouldn't be surprised to see a three-two Titans. Yeah, should be interesting. Uh, the next game is uh, another layup for the Florida Mayhem, I swear. They have the luckiest schedule right here through this middle of the season. The Florida Mayhem versus the Washington Justice. Three overwatch. Yeah, there's <laughs> if this is competitive at all, I'd be I'd be shocked. Unless they get that that fourteen day contract signing and get Sinatra in there. <laughs> Could you imagine the Yo, blowback that would, from that <laughs> that would tilt me so much be like are you kidding me yeah i wouldn't be very happy oh my god <laughs> yeah i gotta go mayhem there though i don't i don't even think this is going to be close to competitive i, I don't <laughs> think so either I don't, I don't know who washington could pick up mm-hmm. for the on this 14-day contract to really change everything yeah. but they could pick up meridon i mean that guy's pretty solid pretty solid uh uh, what twenty eight hundred DPS? Player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him play some snipers. He's good. He's ready. He's good. He's good. Um, the next game, uh, the Gladiators versus the Uprising. I don't see this one being competitive either, man. <laughs> Come, all right, hold on. Now we got our our brand new Aussie on the squad. Yeah, 
I believe in punk, and punk believes in me. Uh, it's gonna be three zero gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> you got that. Uh, you got that. Uh, you got that down under synergy with uh, color hex and and punk. Maybe they're with their powers combined, they can you know pull off maybe who, a who single knows? round victory <laughs> in the road to the three zero. <laughs> you got that strange kind of. <laughs> Sort of British Isles synergy when you c- it combines fusions as well. They're all yeah. they're all under the Queen, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. So, <laughs> oh man, yeah. For the, and the Boston Uprising too. The, what what a what an appropriate team to have uh, the uh, the traitors. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> um, so this next game is going to be a bit of a knockout here, and this is going to definitely be a test for the shock and and the. Uh, and the, and the premise I just brought up that they're not as good as everyone thinks they are. It's going to be the shock versus the rain. Um, I have the shock winning this, but this can go either way. So the interesting part is that I'm not really sure what the meta is going to be like. Mm-hmm. So we're probably going to see like a Doom Reaper meta. And I don't know if the shock have better dps on paper for it um mostly because i like just atlanta uh they're like i don't know it's tough to say because i actually haven't seen rascal play doom in a very long time he's mostly just on kind of the weirder flex dps like echo oh echo's still in the the pool huh so we might see echo yeah we might see like echo mccree or something mm-hmm. we really don't know this this meta is actually going to be really interesting and i'm excited to see it uh, so on that note, I take it back. I was going to say Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Atlanta actually might have a shot to win this one. But I'm going to lean back over to the Shock. I, I think the Shock are just deep enough, and just their 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 bench has so much talent that regardless of what the meta is going to be like, they're, they're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I don't think they're as good as everyone thinks they are. That I still think that they're, they're really good, and I still think they could probably beat the Rain. We'll see, though. We'll see. Um, the first Chinese game of Sunday, so they're doing kind of what they did last week where the first day on Saturday there's three Chinese games and then on Sunday there's two. Uh, the first one is the Charge versus the Hunters. Um, I see the Charge one in this one, the way they've been playing and the way that the Hunters have been kind of on a downward spiral. Um, I have the Guangzhou Charge beating the Hunters. No hot takes this week for the Hunters. Ah, uh, dang. I was, waiting, I was waiting to see this was your match. This was your match to say the Shangu Hunters are going to win this one. <laughs> it would be the match because it's against this freaking weird dynamic. A team that we think is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a, team, a team that'll probably get 3 0 by the Hunters right here and then just kind of throw everything back to square one. I have the charge, though. I think the charges are looking really good right now. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. 3 0 charge. Yeah. Um, this next one actually should be pretty interesting. Uh, the London Spitfire versus the Spark. I have the Spitfire winning this one because the Spark have been looking kind of dreadful lately. Yep. Yeah. No, no, not much more analysis. I need it again. Yeah. Uh, London has looked, like I said earlier, they look great. Or I guess not great, but they look good. They look fine. They look prepared coming off of their a lot of rest. The Spark have done the opposite. The Spark have looked deteriorating each and every week. They just kind of look lost. And uh, I'm interested to see what's going on on their side of the of the table there. If if it's more coaches can't really figure out the meta any time, or the the team just really struggles with the hero pools and the heroes that are all available mm-hmm. and who they think the meta is. So 
this is going to be uh, an interesting test for the Spark and see if they can kind of come back and be this rookie field London team. Yeah, yeah. I actually have the Spark one position above the or one position closer to 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 to, uh, to uh, the London Spitfire. So hopefully the Spark don't prove me wrong, but I, I'm actually going against them this week because they haven't been looking great. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the first NA game actually should be pretty interesting with a resurging Dallas fuel against the Paris Eternal team that is here to play. Um, I still have the Eternal winning that, but it could be competitive. The Dallas fuel made it competitive against the Fusion and the Paris Eternal are the only team to beat the Fusion this season. So the talent's definitely there. So I don't know. This could be close. Yeah, this is going to be a really good one. Um, I, while we're we're robbed of the decay soon, tracer battle. Yeah. I think there's still a lot of uh, explosiveness in this match left over. Mm. So I would agree. I think this is gonna go the distance. Yeah. And you know, I kind of feel like the fuel can win this one. I feel like the fuel are hungry uh, after last week. I I actually can see them pulling out this to victory. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I could see this going either way. Um, the next game is my boys versus the new Titans. It's the fusion versus the Titans. Uh, I gotta go with the fusion here and maybe we'll hashtag free chips of this week. You know, I was watching some kick tripod earlier. Uh, Uh, if you haven't seen them, check them out. They're they're, They do great stuff over there, um, on their Twitch channel. They also said chips is going to play. So I'm I'm just going to double down. They had Christopher on their show a little bit. Uh, I think it was earlier this week, and he, you know, he was hinting at it too. So, I, I'm, I'm full in. Hop on, boys, grab your tickets. It's the Chips the hype train. Yeah, that's, I told my fiance, I'm like, the second that I see Chips uh, on the stage or uh, on the virtual stage in this case, uh, I'm gonna see if I can get an interview with him next week because I want to talk to him. He's such a goofball, man. He's really grown on me. I really hated that signing at first, and then I started watching his streams and just his chat, how much his chat trolls him, and just how much of just a goofball Chipsa is, and he's really grown on me, so I'd love to be able to interview him. I think having him make his debut in Overwatch League would be a great opportunity to do that, so hopefully we'll see Chipsa in the mix. Ah, man, we can only dream. Yeah. Um, and the final game for NA is the Defiant versus the Valiant. Uh, the Valiant win in this one, but if the Defiant have been playing the way that it, the Defiant have been playing, this could actually be close-ish. It could be, but then the biggest difference is just KSP popping off. Yeah. I I don't know how the, the Defiant are going to be able to handle that, since typically you want... You know, you want your off tank to go try to stop whatever sniper is doing something, but yeah. Nevix usually tends to try to do everything on the team, mm-hmm. which includes trying to save Beast, which also includes trying to save his backline. So, who knows what's going to how the Defiant are going to try to stop mm-hmm. the the LA DPS lineup, especially since Shaq's been looking so good. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably won't get the start since Tracer's gone, but he has been able to play a lot of Reaper. So we will see if he stays in the lineup. If not, we might see the return of KSF slash even Apply if they want to put Apply on Echo again. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would have the Valiant winning this one, however. Yeah, yeah, same. Same. And that's going to do it for next week's games. I'm ready. My body is ready. What what a doozy. Yeah. 
There is so much Overwatch, and it's good to see it all back. It's better to see a bunch of these games instead of just three, you know, a week. Even though they were in home stands and they were like really fun, and I missed them so much. Oh god, I missed the home stands so yeah. much. <laughs> um, it's it's good to see a lot of the teams play, and at least getting people online, and you know, and, and, and teams recording records, you know, like actually getting a win or a loss. Mm -hmm. Uh, since for a while half the league was just at zero zero or like one zero. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Poor Pacific but. East Division got screwed. Oh, I know. Talk about unlucky. Yeah. Anywho, it's everyone's favorite time of the day. It's power ranking time. Yeah. Finally got to see a whole bunch. We finally got to see the Spitfire. We got to see all the teams kind of back in action again. So we figured, let's just do some power rankings this week. Let's shake them back up. We haven't seen them in a little bit, so let's uh, let's rifle through our top ten. Yep. I think that's kind of our best thing, and then and then we'll uh, discuss the similarities and differences, and then we'll go through the bottom half. Yep. Go ahead. And All right. Would you, do you want to start us off, or do you, want uh, to, you can you, you can start off. Oh, I want to know right. who you have at number one. Oh, uh, number one. You know him. You know I've had him for a little bit now. It's Shanghai Dragons. Okay. I, I got Shanghai at one. I got Philly at two. San Fran at three. Uh, who's this team? That's New York. Excelsior at four. Atlanta Reign at five. The LA Gladiators at six. The Soul Dynasty at seven. Uh, the Valiant at eight. Oh, they they have. I, I, I don't know if I meant to keep having them climb up so rapidly, <laughs> but here they are, uh, well in the top ten. Uh, number nine is gonna be the Paris Eternal, and then clean in uh, finishing up the top ten is the Guangzhou Charge. Gotcha. There were some similarities here. Um, so my number one, I actually was talking to Brock. I always feel bad for putting my team as number one, but after the Dragons lost to the Soul Dynasty, I'm, after rolling them, I was like, you know what? It's finally that time. Yeah, you're very I allowed. put the Philadelphia Fusion as number one team in the league on my power rankings this week, followed by the Shanghai Dragons. And then here's something familiar that you just heard. Number three, Shock. Number four, NYXL. Number five, Atlanta Rain. I have the Dynasty at number six. I have the Eternal at number seven. I have the Glads at number eight. I have the Mayhem at number nine. And I have the Valiant at number ten. I've... Dang. Yeah. The Mayhem crept in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that they haven't played the strongest teams, but... I mean, like I said a little bit earlier, the May tournament's where they're really going to prove that they belong in the top 10 for me. Um, but one of the things that has stuck out when they have played these teams near the bottom of the standings is that they've just been rolling them. And that kind of shows me that there's 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 some fight there. Um, and, like, if they're going up against teams where, you know, they should be winning and maybe they win, like, Maybe it's like a hard-fought 3-1 to one or something along those lines, or even like a 3-2 to two against a team that they should be destroying. That's when I put the mayhem down a little bit more. But the but the, 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 the way that they have been winning those games against those winnable teams in just dominant fashion, that's pretty much the only thing making me put them in the top 10. And I absolutely believe it. They have rolled... The, the teams they should roll, and sometimes you don't really get that as much as you really want to in the Overwatch League. Sometimes the team that you think is vastly better than their opponent will give up a map or two somehow yeah. and just eke out a 3-2 win, and we, we've seen that a lot already this year, so 
props to Florida for really finishing out those matches. Definitely, yeah. It shows that they don't play down to teams' levels, and that, and that happens a lot in professional sports in general. That happens a lot. Far too much, man. Oh, my goodness. Talk about I, I'm not going to go on a football tangent. I, we'd be here all night. <laughs> yeah. But getting into this bottom half, I surprised myself again. I love doing this. I love doing my rankings when I'm not really paying attention too much because <laughs> we get the ping being like, hey, guys, power rankings are coming out tomorrow. I'm like, ah, crap. I got to do them real quick. So, uh, you know, already we got Dallas at 11. Uh, we got Florida Mayhem at 12. London Spitfire at 13. Hongzo Spark 14. Uh, Houston Outlaws at 15. The Titans at 16. The Chengdu Hunters at 17. Toronto Defiant 18. The Justice at 19. And my favorite boys, boys. at number 20. The other boys in blue. The Beantown Blue Boys. Um, I have the Fuel at 11. I have the Charge at 12. And then this is where I was a little weird. I, I was like thinking about it when we were going through next week's games. I have the Spark at 13 and the Spitfire at 14. Those definitely can be flip-flopped. Um, I think I'm in the same boat as you. I, I just shotgun these power rankings. And I look at them later and I'm like, what was I smoking? <laughs> Hard-hitting analysis for on the over-nerds. Yeah. That's why you come back every week. Exactly. Yeah, I have the Chengdu Hunters at 15, which I think my next team, the Houston Outlaws, are probably better than the Hunters. Um, but number 16, Houston Outlaws. Number 17, Toronto Defiant. Number 18, Washington Justice. Number 19, Titans. And number 20, you boys, the Boston Uprising. So what I think is very interesting, kind of looking at the other writers' power rankings, including yours that you just mentioned, a lot of people don't believe in Vancouver at all. Mm. Like, I know they played the Justice, and then they played... Uh, Florida, and they looked real bad against Florida. But I feel like the potential for this team is a lot higher than 17. I know I put them at 16 because, unfortunately, there is, you know, a a bit of integrity you had to kind of put with these power rankings to not make them just complete memes. Mm. (laughs) But (laughs) I I, I really do feel like this team could could make it out of the bottom five. I think that they could. Um... As of right now, it's hard for me to put a lot of stock in five fresh contenders players coming into Overwatch League. Um, That's kind of my fear for them. Um, They do look like they're ready-ish, but like this brand new team coming up against teams that have been playing all season together... Um, along with the fact that like they are coming pretty much straight from contenders right away in the middle of the season, that's what's making me put them low on the power rankings. Um, I, I, I want them 100% to prove me wrong here. I want to see them destroy the Houston Outlaws this week, and that would be great. Even though I have the Outlaws winning, if they like 3-0 the Outlaws, I'd be like, okay, you know what? This this team this team is is real. So th- I, I also want to. S- send out to uh, a message to the fans out there uh when the titans do roll the houston outlaws don't go flaming the outlaws team because the titans players a lot of them people have already fought or rather not fought but like have suggested that they are very much owl ready and a lot of the a lot of the contenders teams have uh performed very well against some of the bottom barrel teams so it's all right it's okay that these te- these players are in owl because they're an owl for a reason. They're very good. 
Definitely, definitely. I just think uh, I I want them to kind of prove. I want them to 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 prove uh, prove their uh, their value first before I put them up. The team as a whole. I'm not saying that the uh, not saying that the players don't have any value or deserve to be in Overwatch League. Unbelievable! But, you heard it here first. Yeah. Clip, clip it. Clip it out of context. Pos right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Titans, no value. No, wait. No, wait. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into some overthoughts. Um, the only thing I had was the experimental card changes. Um, let's see. So, Ana got nerfed in the experimental card with the healing reduced from 75 to 70. Um, Bastion got buffed for some weird reason. <laughs> His spread was decreased by 10%. And the shots until max spread reduction was lowered from 60 to 40. His self-repair resource drain was increased, but his healing per second, it was increased by 20%. His healing per second was increased from 75 to 90. It was a little weird. I, I feel like they just, like, threw a bunch of stuff at the wall and they're just like, let's just try this. I mean, that's what experimental for, man. Yeah. I, I, I was watching Stylosis, um analysis on these and he's just like i want to know the direction that they're going in because this is very random like they have like the the nerf to ana is kind of weird um the random bastion changes Junkrat. um so the projectiles maintain a slightly more uh maintain slightly more velocity on the ricochet now uh on his regular primary fire i don't really know entirely what that means without actually physically seeing it um <laughs> i guess that means that like they don't die off as quick anymore or they bounce as they should <laughs> um concussion mine the projectile speed of the mine was increased so i guess the mine just comes out faster and uh the ricochet distance off enemy players is greatly reduced now that's nice yeah, yeah. That's, that's annoying getting booped by those freaking concussion mines um total mayhem actually got a buff too the bomb detonation time was reduced from one second to 0.7 seconds and the bomb spread was actually increased by 50 percent so that's actually a nerf Um, so it's a la the uh hammond changes so essentially why it's a nerf for those who uh, are unsure why uh so the like the way the bombs work they're in a little pool and you we, you take damage based on how many you get hit by, right? So when they're in a smaller clump, it's more likely to get hit by a lot of them, but you have to be kind of on top of his dead body. Now what they're trying to do is that they uh, they explode a, a lot quicker, and then but there's a lot less of them you can really get hit by unless you're kind of moving around. So. Yeah, yeah, it's like less concentrated. Okay. Yeah. So it is a tiny bit of a nerf, so you're going to hit less of them, but they're going to detonate faster, so in theory... Uh, you could still obviously die from it, but you won't just be like sitting there randomly and then walking into them a second after the junk yeah, dies. Take a gajillion damage at one time. I mean, I guess it's more of a splash damage thing now. So you die and you actually like deal a bit of damage to everybody in an area, just instead of some little concentrated area that someone just happens to be stepping on. Exactly. Uh, Mercy's Mercy's healing output was increased from fifty to fifty-five. That's it. <laughs> huge, huge, huge buff. buff. Uh, Moira got her damage orb uh, nerfed, so the damage radius was reduced from 5 to 4. Uh, the projectile speed was increased from 16 to 20, um, which in, in my eye is kind of like a buff in a way. 
Um, but then they also nerfed it again, projectile duration down from 10 seconds to 7. So it's more of a nerf than a buff, but I feel like the projectile speed helps a lot. It helps you kind of get that orb to the enemy a little bit quicker. Yeah, it's interesting uh, considering, depending how you look at it, it, it could be a buff or a nerf. So if you're used to uh, the orb kind of hanging out in an area as an area denial tool, uh, you won't get that same effect because it's yeah. going to be lightning fast now. It's going to be bumping off of walls and other, you know, uh, environment quicker. Mm -hmm. So it's going to get out of the zone faster. But like you said, it's going to go to the opponent quicker. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a little bit of a trade off. Yeah, yeah. And Zenyatta actually in the experimental card got his damage amplification pretty much reverted back to what it was before they nerfed him from uh, twenty five percent to what it is now, back up to thirty percent. That should be fun. I love Zenyatta. He's one of my favorite heroes. I haven't jumped in the experimental card. I haven't done that in a little bit since they did like the three, two, one thing. So I should probably jump in there and just yeah. try this out, see what it feels like. Especially Mora, since she's pretty much my main. Her and her and Anna both got tweaked, but uh, nerfed, and those are like my two main characters that I like to play. <laughs> yeah. You hate to see it. You hate to see your your main get nerfed. Yeah. But more Mora needed it. And if and if you don't think so, then I'm shaking my head. Yeah. Just come she, on. Man. She got nerfed in the healing department, but and that sucked at first. But now it's kind of I've gotten used to it, and I'm like, okay, yep, this character's still a little, still a little overtuned. <laughs> uh, Stylosa was saying that they should have done something to her shadow step because that's where she's the most overpowered, where she could just kind of just easily get out of stuff. Yeah, the get out of free jail card. Yeah, yeah get out of jail free card. Yeah is always a little dicey yeah but oh yeah hey she needs it because otherwise she's useless yeah no i i i it, a moira can be dealt with when it comes to that yes it's annoying but i don't think that's a part that needs to be taken into consideration but i don't know i'm just some stupid plat player <laughs> who's to say yeah, what we really exactly know? did you have anything for our thoughts i did no? not okay um like we were saying earlier, man, there's a lot of news going on, but I don't think I really have much going on. I don't think there's really uh, other other Overwatch happenings. Um, there was some going on. There were some much. leaks for uh, the event, but they weren't really official. Um, yeah, that was that was interesting. I I don't put too too much into those leaks. Yeah, uh, they're just kind of skin. Uh, announcements and not much going on else in the uh, what's it called the anniversary event. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually excited for that event. I love a lot of the skins in the anniversary event. Um, but we'll talk about the anniversary event when it comes. Um, but uh, with that, I think it's gonna do it. Nice chunky episode today. Nice and thick with two C's. Uh, oh, this is a good. This is a good Thursday afternoon. It's definitely is. Friday. Or Friday, or a Saturday morning, yeah. right after you finish those Chinese yeah. games. You can listen to us probably predict some something entirely wrong just because Pacific East Overwatch exists. Um, after the Chengdu Hunters beat the Dynasty in the London Spitfire, three of the Shanghai Dragons. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, where can the uh, listeners find you on the uh, the good old internet? Oh man, it's that little blue bird, the one I'm addicted to. I, I honestly think <laughs> I have a, I have a scrolling Twitter problem. I'm at there at esportsbrock. 
Uh, you can find all of my great articles on the Game House uh, there, as well as the main site for the Game House. That's the Game H A U S dot com. From our house to yours. Sweet. Um, you can find me at Maradon Gaming. Um, you could also find me at Go Rocko Go. It's my new uh, Twitter handle that I use for my uh, new stream, which is at twitch.tv slash go rocko go. Um, that will be in the description. Um, you can also find me on the game house along with Brock writing for the Philadelphia Fusion. Um, definitely check out the game house. A lot of, a lot of great writers. We've had a few on here. We've had, uh, we've had Mallory and we've had uh, Jess on here from, from the game house. And they're pretty, uh, pretty awesome people that, uh, that work hard to put out some, some pretty, pretty great content over there. So check it out. Um, you can find the podcast at the Overnerds on Twitter, theovernerds at gmail.com. If you want to send us uh, an email, uh, facebook.com slash theovernerds. Also, check out the description for the Discord. We need more Discord people. Uh, come on yeah, down. Come on down. Um, the link for Discord will be in the description. Uh, we're also very proud to be part of the Geekscape Network. That is geekscape.net. Find your next nerdy podcast today over there. Great website always fortunate for for us uh always fortunate for them to have us um and the last thing my main main uh i almost said brock how, how did <laughs> I, how, I mean yes you are but also max but not, brown not nearly not, as you, cool don't, as you don't have man. that max brown street cred no <laughs> and i know and i've been i've been fighting for that my entire <laughs> life and one of these days I'll it's get a life there, goal <laughs> max brown is the one that did our uh, awesome intro uh his soundcloud handle is in the description of this podcast go check them out if you need something done or if you'd like to just listen to some jams with a z all right that's gonna do it guys uh enjoy the games this weekend and we will talk to you on the next one we'll see you next week everybody